Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how is it going? It's going good, Henry. It's a nice day out in the bay. Yep. Nice day for just being alive. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And today... September 25th is National Comic Book Day. So happy National Comic Book Day to you, Porfirio. You as well. And um, uh, I thought I'd kick it off with a little bit of comic book news, appropriately. Um, Some may have heard about a new Batman book, a somewhat controversial Batman book, uh, because... Well, I guess the jury is out, but some say that you can see Batman's junk in this comic. And (laughs) there's been a lot of internet buzz on it, and these comics have been selling out in comic book stores, you know. Uh, Some are viewing it as uh, like a collector's item, you know. So kind of interesting. Um, I did have a look at this today, and uh, before I give you my take, I thought we'd get your take, Perfurio, <laughs> because uh, we just discussed earlier before we started recording, but you have not seen this panel. I, I mean, yeah, I've seen the headline and title, but I've never actually seen the photo itself. Right. Uh, so we're going to get a little live reaction here. Um, yeah, I didn't want to influence your reaction by saying anything quite yet but um, I have the image on my phone here now I have the censored image first and then if you uh, swipe and go to the next one you will see the uncensored one okay Okay? so um, let me wipe my screen off to make it as clear as possible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is exciting, man. <laughs> this is, I'm like nervous. <laughs> so again, uh, the first, the f- <laughs> the first uh, image is the censored image, and then the next one is the uncensored. All right. So uh, here we go. Talk okay. us through what you're seeing here. Okay, I'm looking at the censored one. He says negative, affirmative, and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then I. Turn right. Swipe right, if you will. (laughs) Oh, okay. Now I see. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of shadow. And then, like, now I see it. I'm like, okay. So, so, okay. Your reaction was what I thought it might be. At first, you don't really see it, right? Uh It took you a moment to (laughs) spot it. But when you did spot it, it's pretty much unmistakable right like it's yeah it's his penis right yeah it's his junk just (laughs) swinging around (laughs) so there you have it and a little bit of context here thanks for the phone um you know this isn't like a kid's batman book this is intentionally mature um explicit material you know it's um it's a line that DC is rolling out that is sort of akin to the uh, the Marvel line. I think they call it Max. It's a mature audience's yeah. run of comics. So, you know, a lot of people are making a big deal, but it's not meant for kids to see. And as you may gather from Perfurious reaction, it's pretty subtle. It's not like in your face, no. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really have to look carefully uh, to see... It's like a shadowy outline, it is, basically, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, it's uh, kind of hard to spot, and it's uh, it, it is subtle. I think, yeah, I think the way people were like headlining this made it seem out of proportion. I thought it was like the cover for like a new <laughs> issue or something. It's just so it's just a comic panel. It's right? It's a single panel in the comic. That's okay. I th- people were just taking this out of line. Then I <laughs> thought it was just a. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. Now that all said, I understand what you're saying. It seems like, oh, 
it was blown out of proportion a bit. But mm -hmm. the simple fact that they included this in a Batman comic, what do you think about that? Do you think it's it, it's just like sensationalism where they're just trying to be controversial on purpose to sell some comics? It's a little excessive. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I think it's just realistic. I mean... Batman's a guy. He has a penis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what's wrong with just a guy showing his penis? Like, I mean, like, comics um, always sexually exploit women all the time. Mm. And there's, like, times where they take off their tops and show their boobs. And nobody's up in arms about it. But yeah, when a guy does it, especially someone like Batman, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. All right, that's, that's a solid how, take. That's, that's how a, I see it. <laughs> that's a very solid take. Yeah, like um, women have been objectified in comics for a long time, and uh, maybe this is a bit of a of an evening of the playing field, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there is a a hint of of uh, you know controversy for controversy's sake. You know, yeah. Um, this wasn't accidental. I mean, clearly they did this on purpose. Um, they were trying to drum up comic book sales, and they were successful. You know, uh, so I'll say that. I'll say that. It, you know, it, it was maybe a little forced. Um, neither of us have read the full comic, so um, maybe we should read the comic before we make. Uh, judgment calls right yeah because you know looking at a single panel doesn't tell the whole story maybe if we read the whole comics like oh yeah you know that it makes sense and it fits in the story or whatever do you know what issue this is for um if i'm not mistaken it's issue number one for batman damned a new a new series okay from dc has it been released yet it has yeah it, it's okay. been released and um uh, the first print has been selling out all over the place. And, um, yeah, there is, like, a collector's mentality here. Um, there's also, you know, this sensationalist mentality where um, the digital version of this comic, you know, on Comixology, uh -huh. it, it is that censored version oh, I really? showed you. Uh -huh. Yeah. So there is a bit of, like, ooh, you know, like... Uh, I can see something I'm not supposed to see if I buy this comic in print version, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of buzz on this this one, um, but yeah, we both had our takes on it. But you know, I would say it's probably best to read the actual comic before we really say, you know, uh, if it's appropriate if it's inappropriate or whatever, yeah. you know, right? Does that, that, that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so that was but one bit of comic bookie type news in recent times. Uh, Perfirio, you want to run down some other news? Yeah, so um, other comic book news, there was the release of the Captain Marvel trailer. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, that was exciting. What do you think of it really fast? Yeah, um, I can't wait. You know, <laughs> it looks awesome. And I have been saying this for a while, but, you know, anything the MCU puts out, I will go see it, period. Um, that said, I really want to see this. You know, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm really stoked. I really love the young Nick Fury in this trailer. And... Um, the fact that I know that it's going to tie into the Infinity War stuff, um, it gets me that much more juiced. So, yeah, I can't wait. Same. Like, I'm just as hyped, like, as, like, Black Panther and Wonder Woman, like, that kind of hype. Because there's representation yeah. and there's just kind of like a first for the MCU. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good take. Okay. Um, also, there was the release of of quick footage of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Yep, saw that too. Uh -huh. That's an interesting take. I'm really excited for that. And yeah. I'm not a DC fan at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 
uh, a huge DC fan either, um, but I too am pretty excited about what I saw. It's a real brief clip, um, but it looks cool. Like, um, it's very intriguing. It's kind of creepy, kind of uh, eerie, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it looks promising. Uh-huh. And then there is... So two more quick announcements. One is that Disney's launching like their own streaming site, you know, something like Netflix, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. And reportedly, they're saying that they're going to have two um, spin-off TV shows featuring Loki and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if they're going to stick to the original characters, because. I mean, I feel like Elizabeth Olsen will stick with Scarlet Witch, but Tom Hiddleston, for a while, he's wanting to kind of get out of his contract with being Loki. Right. Um, but it'll be super awesome. I'm pretty sure that'll sell out, like, those two characters. <laughs> like, probably they don't need their own movie, but a TV show would be awesome. Yeah, this came out of nowhere. I remember you uh, gave me the heads up on this, and it kind of blew my mind. I had no idea this was coming I had an idea of like Disney wanting to do um, a Marvel streaming service, but um, I wasn't for sure on that. And I had no idea they were going to have a Loki TV show or a Scarlet Witch TV show. Now, do you know like how official this is? Is are these going to happen? It's not a hundred percent official. They're just in talks. Okay, uh-huh. so it's in development essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they were to happen, would Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston star in these shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen okay, either. Okay, TBD. Yeah. I, and from what you mentioned, it sounds like Hiddleston is less likely. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine, I feel like for some reason in my head, I picture this being an animated show rather okay. than a live action show. I could see that. Just because everybody knows these characters like tom hiddleston as loki so to replace him and do a live action version would wouldn't feel the same yeah so and plus it's disney they animate everything right right i Um, can see that i can mm -hmm. see that yeah and last big noteworthy thing is henry i always i always have a hard time (laughs) with his last name Oh, so you're talking about the ex-Superman? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Henry Cavill. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He just reportedly exited his role as Superman. Yeah. And that's, like, huge because mm-hmm. isn't there supposed to be a Justice League 2 and <laughs> the Flash movie is supposed to be a Flashpoint Paradox featuring all these other heroes? So it's like, oh, man, what's the future going to hold for future DC films? What's Warner Brothers going to do? Yeah, this news wasn't super surprising to me because I know that Henry Cavill kind of wanted to move on from Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he accepted that role in Mission Impossible Fallout, that you know wasn't a secret. He, he did that movie because it was a very different role from Superman, and he's just been wanting to do something different. So it was not surprising to me. Um, but it's big news nevertheless, you know, a Superman stepping down. And you're totally right. It really puts this DC extended universe in complete disarray. You know, where does it stand? You know, they're continuing on with Wonder Woman, but pretty much everything else is completely up in the air. You know, is it still a shared universe? Mm -hmm. Is Affleck gone for good? I'm thinking he is. Um, Aquaman's coming out. Is he going to continue on? Is uh, Jason Momoa going to continue on as Aquaman? Uh, Will Justice League movies continue? Will Ezra Miller continue playing The Flash? I mean, it's all up in the air, right? Everything's up in the air at this point. Yeah, man. It's a big mess. It really is, you know? Um, If they had never gone the shared universe route, it would be a lot cleaner. You know, like, how they used to make movies, just one at a time, and they didn't really um, interconnect, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that they did that, they sort of, like, copied the Marvel model, um, it's a big mess now, you know? It's, so And they really rushed yeah. it. They were just trying to, like, make a quick buck and try to catch up with the MCU. 
Like, yeah. they didn't take their time or anything to build up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know you and I can talk shit about DC all day, <laughs> but, you know, let's be honest, this is a big-time mess, you know? Um, yeah, where things are at this moment in the, in the movie universe, you know, I think DC has a lot going for it outside of this DCEU, but we're just talking about, you know, this movie universe right now. It's... It's a full-on disaster right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, it's a mess. It's a big mess. Uh, one last quick comic book worthy news. Yeah. Um, earlier this week, Daredevil Season 3 just got announced. Oh, yeah. That is going to be released on October 18th, I believe. It is Let's confirm that. 19th, October 19th. October 19th. So Mark your like, calendars. Yeah, so about like three weeks from now. That's awesome. I thought it was going to be later in the year. Same. I right? thought it was going to be like December or something. Yeah. Marvel, Marvel Netflix has been delivering the goods, man. Like um, Christmas came early this year. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, in my opinion, it's been a little up and down and quality but just in terms of delivering content to to us marvel fans i mean you can't ask for much more i mean they've been giving it to us mm -hmm. right i mean this is what the fourth marvel netflix series this year right all four defenders have had their oh yeah yeah <laughs> their shows drop in 2018 right yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's that's incredible i would not have guessed that mm -hmm. and um I think you had mentioned this earlier, but there's going to be a big announcement regarding Marvel Netflix at uh, New York Comic Con next month, right? Yeah. Um, one thing they hinted at was that they're not going to... So far, there's no plans to move forward with a Defender Season 2. Okay. But the title, Defenders, might still come about just with a new lineup oh really uh, that's what they're thinking about doing okay so we'll see if they were if we're gonna see new characters in within the netflix marvel shows oh, that would wow. be interesting oh so maybe along the lines of what they might do with avengers in the movies yeah. right like mm -hmm. have the avengers name live on but with a different lineup of yeah. heroes because like if you go on like the facebook defenders page there's just like a big x on there showing <laughs> that like they're not moving forward probably with season two but marvel announced that don't keep the defenders title like don't forget about it because it might still pop up in the future with oh, a wow. different lineup do you have any thoughts about who might be in the Defenders in the future or maybe who you would like to see on the I, team? You know, uh, there's been a lot of talk online, like uh, through social media and Facebook, saying that they're, they're, they're leaning towards, you know, since it's Netflix, leaning towards a more darker line. Like, you got Punisher, um, Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. We already have a Ghost Rider in the MCU. Right. Um, Blade. Mm. Maybe even oh who who did I have in mind I I don't know if, I forgot but like a more darker kind of line it would be interesting but I doubt that would happen but <laughs> that'll be fun yeah those are some pretty interesting characters you threw out those are basically all new characters. I mean, other than Ghost Rider, who has been on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Mm -hmm. These would all be, like, brand new characters to the MCU. Yeah. Right? Moon Knight, Blade, uh, who else did you name? Punisher. Well, Punisher, yeah. Punisher wouldn't be new. Um, I can't see Punisher on a team, <laughs> to be honest. Um who knows? They could also have Elektra if they're going for, like, the more dark. Yeah. Route. Well, that's what I was thinking, uh, existing characters in that marvel netflix universe mm -hmm. so we saw hell hellcat appear in jessica jones season two she's a potential uh we got misty knight and colleen wing as potentials um oh oh the last one um man thing oh okay 
Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, I was thinking uh, Claire also. It seems like they're hinting that she might become a superhero as well. I think uh, White Tiger is the name of the character. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I kind of like that news, you know, change things up a bit. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we talked about this last time after our uh, Iron Fist season two recap but um i think both of us are kind of on board with changing things up and yeah having some new stuff out there right exactly cool okay so um i think we have rambled on enough we should get to our main theme today which is star wars now we've done a number of episodes in the past where we have ranked stuff uh, we've ranked MCU movies. We've ranked uh, Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. right? So, thought we'd go through Star Wars movies today. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so both both of us are pretty big Star Wars fans, and um, yeah, this is definitely something we have a long time passion for. And um, if for no other reason. Doing this ranking will expose uh, some big differences <laughs> between the two of us and our opinions on Star Wars. So that alone, I think, uh, will be pretty interesting to explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you kick it off, Perfurio? Let's just go down the list. Mm-hmm. Give us your ranking. We have ten Star Wars movies to date. It's a lot. There's ten Star Wars movies. And uh, in order of your favorite to your least favorite, uh, lay it on us. Okay, so my favorite Star Wars movie is, surprisingly, Rogue One. Now, real quick, you don't have to say surprisingly, (laughs) (laughs) because this is your list. You know, this is yours, right? Uh, I'm just saying, because it's not... I don't know. I'll get into why I think it's surprising. Cool. Yeah, let's just go down Uh, down the list, and then we'll we'll talk about it. uh, Rogue One's number one. Number two is... Revenge of the Sith, number three, Empire Strikes Back, number four, The Force Awakens, number five is The Phantom Menace, number six is the original Star Wars, A New Hope, number seven is The Return of the Jedi, number eight is The Last Jedi, number nine is The Solo Film, and number ten is Revenge of the Clones. Or Attack of the Clones. That's number two. There we go. Attack of the Clones. Episode right. two. Attack of the Clones. There we go. Okay, so I'm just gonna turn my mic around here so I can see the list. Okay, so I'm just gonna go down the line as well uh-huh. on my list. Number one, my favorite Star Wars movie is Star Wars, also known as A New Hope. Number two, Return of the Jedi. Number three, The Empire Strikes Back. Number four, Rogue One. Number five, The Last Jedi. Number six, Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, Solo. Number eight, The Force Awakens. Number nine, The Phantom Menace. And number 10, Attack of the Clones. Okay, so there you have it. Let's talk about uh, our rankings here. Um, number one on your list, Rogue One. Now, you mentioned that this might be surprising to some, and maybe it is, um, but I like your pick because I really loved Rogue One. Um, maybe not as much as you, but um, to me, like, but aside from the trilogy, the original trilogy, um, I had it the highest. I had it number four after the original trilogy. So I loved this movie. I love the fact that you're loving it too. Um, tell us about Rogue One. Well, I think f- the reason why this is surprisingly is because it's not part of like the Star Wars typical S- Skywalker storyline. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I put it number one because it's not part of the Skywalker storyline. It's so re- it was really refreshing and it was part still part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, so that's why I really loved it and was intrigued by it. Other than that, I love the diversity of characters yeah like cassian andor um played by diego luna was just really awesome for me mm-hmm. it was just cool like 
representation that I hadn't seen yeah. before for a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And um, he had no Latin accent, too. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Uh-huh. And so for me, it was, I really fell in love with his character. Um, and then there's just so many, like, nostalgic points within the film. Like, you see Darth Vader come in at the end and kill the rebels. You see a CGI version of Princess Leia at the end. And the, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is going to lead up to A New Hope and everything. Um, yeah. So I love all the nostalgia hints that connected to the Star, to the Skywalker storyline. Yeah. But it could live on its own within the Star Wars universe. I think that's why, for me, it's really number one. And that's why, like I said, it's surprising because when you say a Star Wars film... Somebody's going to say either a prequel or original film. They're not going to think of like a spin-off film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love what you just said. You know, I agree with almost everything you said. Like it works as a piece of you know, this Star Wars universe. There are so many nods to uh the original Star Wars trilogy, particularly episode 4. Um, you know, you see a young Princess Leia, you see Darth Vader, and um, you get a lot of that nostalgia. But at the same time, you get a totally standalone movie. Like you're saying, uh, this is not one of the episodes, right? So this movie really exists outside of the episode series and really stands alone, you know? Um I don't think we even need to mention spoiler alert, but, you know, spoiler alert, pretty much everyone freaking dies in this movie. (laughs) And that's okay because, like I said, it's a standalone movie, and um, I love the fact that it stands alone. You know, um, I wanted to comment real quick on Empire Strikes Back because that is a universally beloved movie. And um, some might be surprised that I had it uh, ranked number three behind A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Um, The reason I did that is because I feel like Empire does not stand alone. It relies on episode four and six. Like, it doesn't doesn't work by itself. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Um, So... Yeah, going back to Rogue One, I love the fact that you can watch this movie and not watch any other Star Wars movies. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's super cool that it stands alone like that. Yeah. And so then the next topic that me and Henry kind of talked about, about like the rankings of our movies, yeah. is we feel like the rankings is totally a generational kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, we don't have to say our ages, but we've stated this before. I am of Generation X and you are a millennial. Mm-hmm. So we are of different generations. And you look at the rankings we've put up, it's pretty clear. You know, each Star Wars fan has their own individual likes and dislikes, but our takes here are very reflective of our respective generations right mm-hmm. um you definitely lean higher on the prequels and i definitely lean higher higher on the original series right um and that makes sense because the original trilogy is how i was first introduced to star wars and the prequels or how you were introduced to yeah. star wars right mm-hmm. yeah like um just looking at the list again, uh, you have The Phantom Menace as number five, and I have it at number nine, second to last. So, <laughs> you know, The Phantom Menace is ri- widely regarded as as bad. You know, it, it's it's been panned. Um, so for you to have it right smack in the middle, and let's see. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, we're not going to get angry here. Let's we'll, we'll keep calm, but you know, you have the Phantom Menace ranked number five, which is 
above, just one above, but above A New Hope, yeah. Star Wars, Episode 4. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a bit speechless here. Like, I can't uh, really like, even it, comprehend it, it, this. I feel like you're still trying to... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm processing it. Yeah, yeah. Do you so, want to explain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell me your thought process there, please? Uh-huh. Okay. Am I going to defend that The Phantom Menace is a really good movie? No, by no chords. Like I'm like a grown up, and I could tell you that that movie is so confusing. Okay. Um, but for me, there's just so much nostalgia that comes to it. Like when I first went to the theater to watch it back in 99 my aunt she just took me and she was like oh do you want to watch this cool movie featuring aliens and all this stuff and I was like sure why not I was like five at the time and I had no idea what I was gonna expect and bam I get introduced into the Star Wars universe and (laughs) I see lightsabers and music and all this pod racing, all this stuff that's being just shoved in my face, and I kind of don't know what's going on, but I'm loving it. I know I'm loving it. Like, Darth Maul is so awesome with that double lightsaber and everything. The storyline, you know, I was a kid. I had no idea what was going on. I'm an adult. I still kind of don't have any idea what, <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Um, but... At the same time, when I was getting introduced into the Star Wars universe, I was um, also learned that there were prequels made. So I watched those. I was just as confused as watching (laughs) the first Star Wars movie. But I was also, you know, being a kid, I was kind of like, I kind of zoned out a lot. Because one, I, w- I didn't understand the storyline. And two, the special effects didn't catch me as Phantom Menace. Like, I was kind of like turned off, I think. And so that's my defense. Um, I'm much older and educated now. And I can appreciate <laughs> the works now. Okay. <laughs> but that's my take on, okay. that, on I mean, the works. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, look... I, I recognize that I have the original trilogy as top of the list, one, two, three. And I know a big part of that is the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. Seeing these movies for the first time as a kid, that is special, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, the first time you see a lightsaber, the first time you see... Um, Jedi's and Sith and 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 outer space combat, you know, like there's there's it's a special time in our lives, right? Yeah. So of course it's going to influence our our lists. Okay, so yeah, I mean from that standpoint, uh, I understand, kind of, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, oh, but let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. So when I see the Phantom Menace. I mean, my take is very similar to a lot of other Star Wars fans. Um, there might be parts of it that are kind of cool, like Darth Maul you brought up. Darth Maul is the reason why I have Phantom Menace second to last, not last. You know, I, I think Attack of the Clones is inferior to the movie simply because of Darth Maul, because Darth Maul is pretty fucking cool. You know, so that alone pushed it up a ranking for me. But... Look, I mean, I'm not alone here when I say Jar Jar Binks is unbearable. You know, I, I can't stand him. And he's in the movie quite a bit, you know? Um, just just painful. Painful. Um, as well as Jake Lloyd as the young Anakin. You know, he is hard to watch, man. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even, don't even want to start with, like, the fact that he shouldn't even have been in the movie. Like, why, why do we need to see, like, a little kid Darth Vader? You know, as bad as uh, Hayden Christensen was as, as the young man, Anakin, mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if they just kind of rolled with that storyline in the prequels and just throwing out that little kid Anakin altogether. But, you know, they had him in there, and it was just a lot like Jar Jar, just torture watching those scenes, you know? Uh so 
It, Wait, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's funny because you see, like, you know, you don't like it from that standpoint. But for me, it's, you know, being introduced into all these Star Wars films, like Obi-Wan, um, Anakin, Yoda, in the prequels. So to find out later on that, like, that little Anakin, the one that I first got introduced to, becomes Dark Vader, this evil guy. Yeah. It was a total, like... 180 for me. I'm just like, <laughs> this innocent little kid is responsible for all these deaths of yeah. the like half the the galaxy. Like, it was a total flip for me. Now let me ask you this: Did you not know that this little kid would become Darth Vader? I didn't. No. You didn't. Okay. Didn't. <laughs> well, look, see, I mean, a lot of things are coming to light here. Uh-huh. Like, um, maybe that's what they were going for. They were going for this huge twist uh-huh. you know that new fans to star wars would not see coming um from that point of view i don't know that's kind of interesting to me uh-huh. um but i'm saying from old school star wars fans who knew that this was happening we were like we don't need to see this little kid you uh-huh. know and, and obviously there isn't a big surprise twist with with us right mm-hmm. so the question i was going to ask you is Okay, so I see stuff in Phantom Menace that is incredibly hard to watch. The young Anakin and Jar Jar Binks. Now, now you, you ranked the prequels, generally at least, I mean, not Attack of the Clones, but uh, generally higher than the original. So to me, I feel like the stuff that was super cheesy uh, in the prequels, like Jar Jar and the young Anakin, weren't so hard to take for you yeah, right no. uh-huh. okay but okay so that that I, that's what i figured but what i think is a more interesting question is are there aspects of the original trilogy that you're like this is corny like why why does henry like like this stuff like for example the ewoks like what do you what do you think about the oh, I, lo- I love the ewoks oh you love the ewoks okay <laughs> okay that's cool that's cool i mean yeah. i don't you know love love the ewoks but you know Again, like I was introduced to them at a young age, and I embraced them. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything though? Anything in the, in the uh, uh, original trilogy that you kind of roll your eyes at? Like maybe the effects? Like were yeah, that's kind of dated. Say the effects, like you know, if you look at like the lightsaber fights that happen in the originals, I was completely like shunned out. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, if you look at like Phantom Menace or even like Attack of the Clones, like Yoda against. Um, Count Dooku that's even pretty cool so like the effects definitely amped up those lightsaber battles okay compared to the originals that's why in the originals I'm just kind of like shunned out I was like eh yeah whatever okay yeah I think generally my feeling is that a lot of our opinions here with the original trilogy and the prequels are very much generational type issues right Mm -hmm. like um i think it makes sense uh what we're saying here just strictly due to when we were exposed to these movies Mm -hmm. now let's move on because um as flabbergasted as i was to see that you have phantom menace ranked higher than a new hope i think it's maybe even more shocking how high you have episode three revenge of the sith so let's talk about this movie a little bit. Um, I don't have it super low. I have it ranked number six. That's decent. I mean, that's mm. higher than Solo and higher than The Force Awakens. Which is shocking. Which, to, me. Uh, to you, that, I'm sure yeah. that's pretty shocking. So um, let's talk through this a bit. Well, before we go on, uh, I think with the, the three movies I just mentioned, Revenge of the Sith, Solo, and... The Force Awakens, even though I have them ranked in that order, um, to me that they're kind of like kind of a tie. It's all in the uh-huh. same ballpark. So I don't want to say outright Revenge of the Sith is better than yeah. The Force Awakens, but it, I mean to me there's a slight edge, but it's just, it's close. Uh-huh. So I'll, let me just say that. Um, but like you, you have to talk about your ranking here because you have it so high. You have it at number two. Um, why do you have it so high, please? Okay, Revenge of Sith was t- a total, like, it, it completed the ribbon for me. You know, I said I grew up watching the prequels, so it was like a full, like, 
full-on circle circle of life for me like the closing ending ribbon for the prequel trilogy so it was really it was really nice and the whole um like by then i already knew about like the originals and the storyline so anakin becoming dark vader i already knew that was going to happen the thing that caught me off guard was um palpatine becoming dark sidious you know that really got me off guard okay did you know that was going to happen that Palpatine was going to uh, Yeah, be I did because, I mean, kind of the same thinking of the Darth Vader thing with the young Anakin. Mm-hmm. You know, having seen the original trilogy and seen them a lot, you know, over and over, I was well aware of the character of the Emperor. Okay, so you did, know? You, did you know then, like, in, like, by episode two, the Republic was going to be the Empire? I did. Okay, yeah, see, yeah. see, for me, that was, I had no idea. Like, for me, it was like a complete shocker twist. Like, I was, like, mind blown. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. everything's, like, becoming a lie to me. These good guys are becoming the bad guys and yeah. whatnot. This is fascinating because, I mean, you're definitely not changing my opinion of the prequels, uh-huh. but I definitely have a new perspective on it uh-huh. you know I, I feel like the prequels weren't really meant for me <laughs> they were meant for a new audience you yeah. know that's what the bottom line is i think uh-huh. um going off that though revenge is if like it had good special effects like the plot twists like i said were really caught me off guard that's why i really gotta place it up high up there and it was definitely like the closing ribbon for star wars for me in general yeah, I mean, uh, that's fair. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I did enjoy Revenge of the Sith. And I do think it is kind of a hidden gem from the prequels because a lot of Star Wars fans, particularly like old school ones like me, we kind of shit on the whole prequel trilogy and we just kind of brush them aside. Um, I do really think that episode three elevates above uh, the other two. And, um, yeah, part of it maybe is the closure of it, you know. Um, It is a definitive end to that story. Um, It kind of uh, leads into episode four kind of well. Um, But I want to call out the the final battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin. That was pretty awesome on that Mm -hmm. lava planet. And um, kind of what you were talking about, like you felt like, some of the original trilogy lightsaber battles were a little bit like not that exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, where you see that, I just see like classic <laughs> Star Wars uh-huh. combat, you know. Um, but I will say though that um, that Anakin versus Obi Wan fight was great, you know, and it did offer something completely different from say Luke versus Vader or. Uh, Obi-Wan versus Vader, you know, um, there was a little bit more pizzazz, um, some fancier moves. And yeah, these are these are younger men, you know, and it made sense in the Star Wars story to see them do these moves. And it was a compelling battle. It was emotional. Um, the, uh, the, the, the fight choreography was good, as well as the actors' performances. You know, Hayden Christensen and uh, Ewan McGregor were both uh, pretty powerful in that final uh, confrontation. So um, props to that. Oh, also the the musical score was great too during oh, yeah. that fight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so definitely we'll say that. And yeah, I, I definitely want to give some love to Revenge of the Sith. And while I do kind of group it with Solo and The Force Awakens, um, yeah, the reason why I, I, I ranked it higher um, is because, yeah, I, I kind of want to, to say like, yeah, don't don't totally dismiss this movie. Um, I think there is uh, a lot to like with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now moving on, let's talk about like the new trilogy, with okay. like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Okay, so this is pretty fascinating too because um, no longer are we talking about Star Wars movies that introduced us to this universe, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point in the new 
trilogy. Episode 9 is yet to come out yet, but with episodes 7 and 8, both of us saw these movies, and we are already Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can't use that explanation anymore, right? So this is pretty interesting, because with that in mind, you know, if we're already both Star Wars fans, you would think we would have a similar take on episode 7 and 8, but we're pretty much at opposite ends of the spectrum here right Mm -hmm. because you have the last jedi ranked very low number eight i have it ranked quite high at number five and it's kind of flip-flopped i have the force awakens ranked at number eight i mean that's the lowest besides uh phantom menace and attack of the clones you have it at number four among the top on your list right um so interestingly I think your opinion is a little bit more common, right? Liking Force Awakens more than Last Jedi. Um, I really loved Last Jedi, and a lot of Star Wars fans didn't. (laughs) So tell us why you like The Force Awakens more than The Last Jedi. Well, I like The Force Awakens. I think when I going into watching the theater, when they first announced they were making it, I think, you know... It's kind of like the feeling like like when they announced the prequels for you, like how were you excited? Hell yeah. You see, that's how it was for me. Like when they made Revenge of the Sith, I thought they were done. So when they yeah. made The Force Awakens, I was like, <gasps> more Star Wars and a whole new trilogy. So like as much as like everybody was excited to go watch The Phantom Menace, that's how I felt for The Force Awakens. Like yeah. it was a whole new like... <gasps> More, more characters are going to be introduced and so there was and also they played a lot of nostalgia in it like the like the introduction of the millennium falcon yeah han solo and chewy in it um princess leia and then you got all these cool new characters like ray finn poe for me it was really cool how it was just all set up perfect mixture of nostalgia and storyline and cool special effects at the end mm-hmm. the only thing i hated was kylo ren okay uh, <laughs> and then the last jedi it was kind of like there was so much hype to it i was excited to see wh- where the storyline was going to continue from the force awakens and it was just kind of like a letdown okay. like there were so many questions i had from the force awakens that were answered in the last jedi that didn't pay off like right. how much power does snork um snoke have yeah. Um, who are raised parents? Um, how big of an influence is Luke going to have against the resistance? And it was kind of all like a letdown for me. I mean, okay. not to say that it was The Last Jedi was bad, it was just didn't live up to the hype that I had. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the fact that you did like The Force Awakens a lot that led you to disappointment, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that's a common thread because a lot of stuff that J.J. Abrams set up in episode seven, Ryan Johnson just kind of tossed out the window with episode eight, mm-hmm. right? Like there's that whole setup of like, oh, is Ray a Skywalker? Mm-hmm. Like who are her parents? You know, um, we got to find out. And then Ryan Johnson was like, doesn't matter. Her parents are nobody, mm-hmm. right? Um, it'll be interesting to see with episode nine, JJ taking the reins back. Will he steer it back toward his original vision or stick with what Ryan Johnson left him or what? You know, mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Like, there was stuff set up that was just kind of thrown out the window. But it's for that very reason why I really liked The Last Jedi. You know, I like the fact that. Ryan Johnson kind of broke the rules. He just like he was like, I'm just gonna make whatever the hell movie I want to make, you know. And uh, it was a fun ride, you know. I really enjoyed just going on that crazy ride that felt very different, you know. With uh, the Force Awakens, after that initial hype, you know, I was right there with you, dude. Like when they announced new Star Wars movies, I got excited. You know, when I went on opening night, packed house, and that uh, opening crawl flies on the screen. I mean, come on. You know, like, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, after the dust settled, I really felt like, you know, 
I feel like I've seen this movie before, you know? It really was very much like episode four. And there was nostalgia, and it was done on purpose. Um, but bottom line is, it really just was, to me, a poor man's episode four. So why do I need to watch a, The Force Awakens when I can simply watch the masterpiece that is Star Wars, A New Hope? For me, you know, I think that nostalgia was definitely like a blind screening when I went to go watch The Force Awakens. Because honestly, I did not notice the similarities of A New Hope until <laughs> yeah. like a couple weeks later when I read it on like a BuzzFeed article. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> it is. Damn. Right, right. Uh-huh. And not to say that that sort of duplicating is always doomed to failure, you know. Like, um, I, I talked about this a bit before, but the Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman movie is very, very similar to Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Like, the plot points, the characters, the villains, like, uh, the fact that it's, like, World War One and World War II, um, it's very similar. It's very close. Um, but I'm not going to shit on Wonder Woman because... Um, it was a completely different experience from Captain America. Like, just besides the plot, you know, it's just having a a female lead. I mean, it just completely flipped the script there. Um, So I'm not saying, like, you should never try to duplicate um, uh, movies, you know. I mean, movies borrow from each other all the time to great effect. Um, But this one, this time, uh, The Force Awakens, to me, it really felt like just treading in very familiar territory Mm -hmm. and i was very refreshed when i was watching the last jedi i was like oh shit they're Mm -hmm. taking this shit Mm -hmm. to a completely different place and i really dug that okay so i think um i think that's fair you know um as divisive as the last jedi has been um i think our, our respective takes here reflect that you know we're we're very much reflective of the star wars fan community right like people are split on these movies right um what else you want to talk about um this gives some love to solo we totally ignored that one okay i mean we have it ranked on the lower end i have it at seven and you have it at nine um yeah, you have it ranked pretty damn low. So what's your take on this movie? I mean, the only reason I have it so low is because there's no room to put it, like, higher. I mean, okay. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Like, by no means did I hate it. And, like, like, like I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I really liked it because it was a total, like, it was within the Star Wars universe. Didn't have to relate to the Skywalker storyline. Um, I liked it it the main actor he didn't it didn't feel forced that he had to act like harrison ford he definitely was han solo i believed it was he harrison's ford version of han solo i don't agree but he was making he was making his own version of the character and i thought that was really cool yeah i mean I uh, I had fun with Solo, you know. I don't want to dog on it too much. Um, it's it's a fun action movie. It's a fun know? movie, yeah. It's yeah. Not, not the best Star Wars movie by by far, but it's a fun movie. It has some cool uh, action set pieces for sure. Mm-hmm. I will disagree with you a bit on on the the actor who plays Han uh, because look. I get it. You can't be Harrison Ford. I mean, just it's the those shoes are, are too too big to step into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he he felt nothing like the original Han Solo. You know, he didn't look like him. He didn't talk like him. And probably most importantly to me, he didn't feel like him. You know, he did not embody the character. Uh, so. I felt like there was a, a casting misstep here. I just he just didn't feel right to me, um, so that's where I would take points off. Um, but again, I don't want to shit on Solo too much. I know it's been kind of uh, shit on 
by audiences and critics you know it, it mm-hmm. didn't do well at the box office nope. um so I, I felt like you know it wasn't that bad <laughs> uh but that's a good transition to um what's next you know star wars is at kind of an interesting point right now because i think with solo it really has reached its first disappointment like ever you know i think the prequels uh were not received all that well by a lot of people but you know box office wise they were killing it the whole way right i think uh solo is really the the genuine first box office disappointment so where do you think uh the star wars universe goes from here aside from the making of episode nine i feel like disney might make a few more projects um you know yeah we want to see like a obi-wan standalone movie or a yoda one that would be awesome like yoda origins um or even what's her name ashoka from the tv show like oh let, okay like yeah. let her be introduced in like the live action mm-hmm. series yeah now you had mentioned this to me earlier but um because of solo's disappointing box office disney has announced that they won't do any more spin-off movies right for for now they're they're kind of put on hold um, they don't want to release like one Star Wars movie a year anymore. Um, for me, I feel like that's just like Star Wars fans to blame. Because, <laughs> I mean, Disney releases like 10 Marvel projects a year and they're always like a huge success. That's a I great mean, example uh-huh. because on the surface level, I feel like dialing back Star Wars made sense. Because I was feeling it a bit, you know, even though I enjoyed Solo, I did feel like, man, I was, I'm getting Star Wars fatigue a bit. But then I looked at uh, the MCU movies, they crank out three movies a year, and like every time a new one comes out, I can't wait. And, so and what's the difference here? It's not just the movies, like TV shows also. Yeah. Like, like how we were saying, like, they, like every member of the Defenders got its own season this year. Yeah. And yeah. We, were, we liked them, like. We weren't like, oh, man, another Marvel project. Yeah. We were just like, oh, cool, another Marvel project. How does this connect to the bigger universe? (laughs) Right. Um, But I think what Disney wants to do is they it's not they should just be milking out projects for the sake of selling it for money. They got to actually, like, concentrate on storylines and making them good. Yeah, yeah. And... I figure I think that's what the mistake they made with the Han Solo film. Like they I don't think they they thought it through. They were just like, let's make a Han Solo film just because he's a big character everybody loves and everyone's gonna go watch it, whether it yeah. was good or bad. Yeah. And so that's a step that they need to recognize from their Marvel um projects that like mm-hmm. if you're gonna make pro- new projects like spin offs or have all these like movies within the same universe just make it good and interesting for people to actually watch yeah i would add too that they have to make these movies different um so i pointed out how much i liked the last jedi you know a big reason why it was different you know it 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 was a different take on star wars and i feel that's been lacking you know all these movies you know there are 10 star wars movies to date and for the most part they're quite similar you know i think if uh the mcu cranked out an iron man clone year after year you know three times a year Mm -hmm. people would get sick of those real fast yeah right but they've been totally changing them up. You know, look at most recently with Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War. These are very, very different movies, right? You you can't get sick of them because they're so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Star Wars should do the same. Um, their, their movies are just, they're too, too similar. Like uh, with these spinoffs, you know, loved Rogue One, uh, marginally liked Solo, but... Uh, they should have been well maybe i shouldn't say should have been because rogue one i I wouldn't change anything really uh but 
I think a good direction would to make spinoffs like completely different, like have them not feel like Star Wars at all, like have them look and feel totally different, have them be a different genre, have them like not even feel like like an outer space movie, like non-sci-fi, you know, um, that might be a cool direction to go into. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. With that, I think we can wrap up the episode. Any last thoughts, uh, Porfirio? Mm, may the force be with you. Always. There you go. <laughs> See you next time.